Welcome to Coach House Talks. The weight of the glass doesn't matter. You can like, what? Because, you see, the longer I hold it, hold it, the heavier it becomes. Everyone agree? Everyone held something for a while. It just gets heavier and heavier, doesn't it? Right? Hold it for a minute, like now. Nothing happens. Well, I'm a bit nervous, so it'll, it'll turn into a storm in there in a minute. If I hold it for a minute, nothing happens. If I hold it for a bit longer, my arm might start to ache, right? Get a few, few pains around the muscles. But if I hold it for an entire day, what's going to happen? My arm's going to become numb, pretty much paralysed, because I'll take that out, and I won't be able to move my arm, right? See, the weight of the glass hasn't changed. The weight of the glass hasn't changed through the day. It's consistently the same. But the longer I hold on to it, the heavier it becomes. And as we've heard in the last few weeks, this glass is like pride. It's like contentedness. It's like injustice. It's like doubt. The longer we hold on to it, the heavier they become. Right? Yeah, hold on to them for a short while. It's fine. Nothing happens. Wait a bit longer. Begins to hurt. Think about it all day. Regurgitate. And it's going to come and paralyze us. So as we go through today, let's remember we need to let go of the things that are going to hurt us. And we need to shift our focus from the thing that's in our hands to Jesus and what he would have us do. Okay, that's what a teacher would call an icebreaker. Okay, so today is all about being led by the Spirit. I'm just going to adjust this. And actually, it's more about how can we listen to God? How can we move in the gifts of the Spirit? How can we be aware of his presence? What it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and also hearing God speak. In other words, the gift of prophecy. But when you say the gift of prophecy, and some of you will do this now, everyone goes, oh no, I don't like it's a bit awkward. Right? But it's actually really simple. It's all about hearing God speak. It shouldn't be difficult for a child of God to hear our Father. Because, we, because basically he's always speaking. He's always speaking. It's true. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the scripture. This book is a record of God speaking prophetically to his people. It's all in here. He spoke to a wandering nomad called Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Gideon through a fleece. He spoke to Joseph in a dream. He spoke to Samuel when he was a little boy in the temple. And on and on and on and on. And there's a whole section in the Old Testament called the Book of the Prophets. Or the books of the prophets. And you go into the New Testament and then you see in John chapter 5, 19, he says this, I only, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing in another place. He says, I only speak the words my father gives me to speak. When we studied Acts last year, you'll remember seeing a church that was dynamically led by the voice of God. And ultimately, God speaks through the scripture. But the scripture itself teaches us that God also speaks in other ways. And this is the bit I want to look at today. Just hold on one second. Sorry, everybody. I've got to do this. All I can do is hear myself coming back on Zoom. Sorry. There we go. That's better. I can't hear myself over there now, which is a bit weird. Right. 
So today is going to be a bit practical. Uh-oh. Everybody's going, I'm out. I'm not doing any of this. You know, hang on a minute. I love Jesus, but I don't love him that much, you know, to kind of put myself on the line. We're going to do it today. You know why? Because I think God is preparing the ground for us. He's preparing the ground for us to make the next step. So, have you heard the voice of Christ? Let me tell you, if you're a Christian, you've heard God speak. When we become a follower of Christ, God reveals himself to us and we respond. I want to put as a baseline that this is not about technique. It's not learning new techniques. It's about relationship. It's about our relationship with God. Christianity is not about religion. God hates religion. It's about relationship. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about relationship. Hopefully I said that enough. And everything that happens is about our relationship with our Father. You see, if someone was to come to me and say, Becca said this, insert some words here, I would know instantly whether my wife had said it or not. Because we're in a close relationship. And if you want to hear more clearly God speak, and we want to distinguish his voice, then we need to be able to spend some time with him. We need a closer relationship with him to distinguish his voice in the craziness of life. Now, such a difficult subject, but all of you who gave your life to Christ heard his voice calling. That was the thing, that was the push that you went, I need this. That was it. You were open, there's the difference. You were open to what was going on. So how do we listen to God's voice? There is an element where the gift of prophecy is, is a prophetic gift, but the only qualification you really need to be able to hear God is to be a sheep. And no, I don't mean one that goes, Bleh. You see, Jesus says in John chapter 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We're meant to recognize to hear, we're meant to recognize, to hear the voice of Jesus, to listen to the voice of our Father in heaven. So, why does God release gifts of prophecy to his people? Why does God want to use us, us, to speak to others? Well, a clue comes in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. You know, the church and the world outside the church still needs strengthening. It still needs encouragement and it needs a whole lot of comfort. So, God's speaking through others. Now, I found myself in those places where I thought, a thought comes into my head and it's a bit random and as I'm thinking about it, it becomes clearer and before I've really had chance to think about it, it's come out my mouth. And then all of a sudden it makes sense. It becomes more clear to me. And it wasn't a, this is God calling kind of thing. But it's gentle. In fact, it's very, very gentle. Now some people here are thinking, I desperately need to hear God speak. And we heard last week, Andy, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, Andy talk about dealing with doubt. And what happens if we get so worried about not hearing God that doubt gets in the way? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Doubt is like a muddy filter. It muddies it. And it makes us not be able to distinguish God's voice 
So now one person I know that really has a gift of hearing God is a lovely guy, you might have, known, might have heard of him, called Mike Pilavacci. Now Mike is the guy who runs Soul Survivor Church down in Watford and was crucial in the discipleship of hundreds of thousands of youth uh, a festival called Soul Survivor that both Becca, Ben and I have worked at and witnessed on multiple occasions this fantastic gifting Mike has. Now, I'll tell you something about Mike, and I'm not writing this down, but you can tell it's from God. There's no other way Mike's gifting is not from God. There's no, there's no doubt in your mind that what's going on there is Mike's close relationship with Jesus and it coming to the fore. But Mike tells a little story about when he was back in the infancy of his ministry and he'd been asked to go with his mentor to go meet some church leaders. Now as they arrived, there was this big horseshoe of chairs and two chairs in the middle of the horseshoe, one for Mike and one for his mentor. And all the way there, Mike's thinking, I feel really out of my depth. Like, what am I going to do? He spent the entire journey going, God, will you speak to me? Lord, 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 speak to me. Lord, I really need you to speak to me. I don't want to look like a fool or a fraud. Mike was introduced to everyone and he was still thinking, God, why, where's the word? I need the word. He even said to his mentor, I'm not sure. But his mentor said, don't worry. If you don't hear anything, that's okay too. And so they sat down and Mike's there, not getting anything apart from the song Dancing Queen from ABBA. Mike struggled on trying not to get sidetracked by this annoying brainworm. Now, if you've never heard of the phrase brainworm, a brainworm's like, you know those little tunes that you get stuck in your head and there's nothing you can do to get them out? It's a little worm wiggling around there. That's what was going on. And so he sat there in this meeting and it went on for some time with Mike not being able to get this brainworm out of his head. Now, his mentor starts finishing up and says, Mike, is God telling you anything? <laughs> And Mike's heartbeat starts to go, doo -doo 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 -doo, getting a cold sweat. His palms start twitching. His thoughts are going wild. I need to say something. I'm going to look like a fraud. If I don't say anything now, that I'll never say anything ever. So he tentatively walked onto a lady. Lord, give me something. Anything. I'll promise to be a better man. Why do I only hear Abba? And then his mouth opened. And these words came out. This is going to sound really silly, but I think the Lord wants to speak to you through Abba. And this was met with a slight giggle from the church leaders, like we've had giggles this morning. And then he said, actually, I think it's specifically one line in the song Dancing Queen, and it's this one. You can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. And then Mike wanted to die. Surely God is not going to use Abba to minister to someone. What made it worse for Mike was now the lady and her husband were actually in fits of giggles. They were laughing, like fully laughing. But then the lady began to explain. Three weeks ago, I started a dance group in church. And as we were coming here tonight, I'd said to my husband in the car, I want to scrap it. I actually said, I can't dance, I can't dance. This is, this is not of God. Remember 1 Corinthians 14 verse three from earlier, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. Everybody remember? Encouragement in this case was the order of the day. 
And it turns out, God can speak through pop songs. Who knew? Like many, I always thought that God would speak in an old man's voice, booming from the heavens with loads of reverb. But it turns out he doesn't. Let's have a quick look at Numbers 12, verses 6 to 8. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He's faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. I'm actually going to tell you another version of that. The last line is, he sees the Lord as he is. So, with the exception of Moses, God does not speak clearly to us. He does not speak face to face. He speaks in riddles and in dreams. And that's why the words we think we might have for people can sound a little crazy. But like the words of a Nabba song, can still be spot on. See, the lady was encouraged. She was encouraged and Mike was encouraged. And God was saying to her, I know you. I know what's going on in your life. You're going to do a new thing. I love the gifts that you have. I love the way you care for people and I will continue to use you. All from one line in Abba. But what, what's the difference? The difference is Mike was open to listening and he had the faith to take it. It's amazing, right? Now, I could give you a lot of examples, not just from my life, but from the life of many of my friends that have been the recipients of words like this that have been strengthening, comforting, and encouraging. So how do we listen to God speak? Well, the first thing is we need to still our hearts. We need to learn to be still and to be still before God. We often misunderstand how God speaks. As a teenager, I used to try my hardest to have the spiritual gifts. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those. You know the ones that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, especially this gift, the gift of prophecy. I'd be like, right, Lord, give me the gift of prophecy now. Let's go. I want it. Lord, I want the gift. See, no one explained to me actually how you hear God speak. So I thought you'd just have to wind yourself up. I thought you'd have to get yourself into a zen-like state and to focus really hard. And of course, I realised that's not really it, is it? It's not turning it off and on. It says in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And then later on, in the, in the psalm you're about to see here, Psalm 131, and I want to focus on the second verse in here, which it says, Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. We need to learn to calm and quiet ourselves so that we might hear his whisper. I believe that it's the truth of Scripture that we see that God genuinely or generally shouts at his enemies, but he whispers to his friends say that again he shouts to his enemies but he whispers to his friends John chapter 15 15 where Jesus is talking about the true vine says these powerful words you are my friends when you do the things I command you I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning no I've named you friends 
because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute. He holds nothing back. Everything that his Father has told him, he's willing to make known to us. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And it's in the context of friendship. So why does he whisper to his friends? Well, if you look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah's just won a great victory, defeating the 450 prophets of Baal on his own. What a victory, right? He gets depressed. He goes down into the valley and he sits under a tree. And he says, I'm the only one left. I'm all on my own. I just want to die. But what does the Lord do? Well, the Lord takes him up Mount Horeb and then he puts him in the split of a rock. And then came an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then came a mighty wind. But the Lord was not in the wind. Then came a raging fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Now it may be that it was easier for Elijah to understand that the Lord was not in the earthquake or the wind. But you know it would have been a real temptation for Elijah to think here's the fire. Because the Lord was in the fire on Mount Carmel. When the fire came down and consumed his sacrifice. But this time the Lord was not in the fire. And then came a gentle whisper and I think God was saying to Elijah you will never survive if you just rely on the earthquake wind and fire experiences you need to listen to the gentle whisper because friends whisper to one another there is an intimacy in friendship and we are called the friends of God God wants intimacy he doesn't want us to shout from a distance if we say, I can't hear you, Lord, I can't hear you, he says, come closer. I still can't hear you. Come closer. Come close enough that you can feel my breath on your neck. You see, it's our inheritance. It's for us all to hear the voice of God. Now, it wouldn't be a Jamie preach without a story about a farmer, would it? So here is the farmer and... You know, it's the time of harvest. There's a lovely bale of hay, or whatever you call the swirly bits of hay, I don't know. And um, he goes, and he takes all the hay, and he goes and shoves it in the barn. And he's stacking it up, stacking it up, blah, 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 gets right to the top, all the hay's in, and then he realises his watch is gone. Oh, no. And this wasn't an ordinary watch. It wasn't one of those little Casio ones that are now cool, that were cool, like, 20 years ago, whatever, 30 years ago, something. Um, it was his grandfather's antique watch. It was an old style one, a bit like the one that I've actually got here, that ticks. But he'd lost it. It had gone. And so he went home and he spoke to his family and he was like, I've lost this watch. And his little boy said, don't worry, Dad, I'll go and find it. He said, well, how are you going to find it? Not sure. I'll work it out when I get there. So the boy goes off to the barn. And what does he do? He gets on the top of the hay and he just lies down in the stillness. And for a while, all he can hear is his heart beating. But over time, he starts to hear. And he finds the watch. Because he'd stilled himself, he'd waited, and then he'd found what he was looking for.
You know, I used to think it would be flashes of lightning and rumbles of thunder, and then in a booming voice, a bit like Giant in Jack and the Beanstalk, if you ever go to a panto, God calling Jamie, are you receiving me? But it's nothing like that. It doesn't work like that. It's a gentle whisper. He speaks through the ordinary. He speaks in the everyday. Now, if you want to know what happens to me when I, when I feel like I've got a word for the Lord and I'm nothing special, what happens to me is that I'm never really certain that what I'm hearing is God. And my first question is always, is that you, Lord? And I'm never really sure until I've opened my mouth and said it. And that's why faith is important too. See, if this is you, Lord, I'm going to step out. And I've often noticed that the Lord gives you a little bit of a word and then waits for you to make the step. And once you make the step, you get the rest. God loves faith. He wants us to exercise our faith and he wants us to grow in faith. By growing in faith, we'll prophesy more. And we'll prophesy, it says in the scripture, according to our faith according to our faith. So let's grow in the gift of faith that we might grow in the gift of prophecy. God is always speaking. We need to fill our hearts and to learn to tune into what he is saying. And the reason is because the word brings life. His word brings hope. His word brings healing. His word brings restoration. We're meant to do it. Just imagine if we as a church, and this is for you guys, with your friends and your neighbours, at the school gate, that would be something we do, on the street, across the fence, across the garden fence, at your place of work. This is not just meant for here. It's meant to stem from here, but it's for all. A word for someone, in the sh- in, you go to the shops, a word for someone that might absolutely change their life. You see, as we do it, everything can change. And as we do it, people will get convicted. That's what Paul says. People are cut to the heart when God's word is spoken to them. You can't deny it. You can't deny it. So when God speaks, it's like a butterfly landing. You hardly realize it's there. It's like a feather landing. Is that you, Lord? And you know it is, my first question. Is that you, Lord? And the reason is, the reason is God doesn't contradict himself. The words we get that are from our Father will not contradict what's in his word. And so I've learned, like many others, that the more you do it, the more you proficient you come, the more you recognize his voice, the more you realize the words you're hearing are going to do, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, encourage comfort. Now I've learned, I'm still learning, just to go for it. We can all do this. We can all do it. And we're all meant to. And then people will get restored.
Because Jesus speaks today and he speaks in and through his church. Learning to speak God's words is like learning to cook. You can read all the books, you can hear all the talks, you can watch all the YouTube videos, but the only way you learn to cook is by cooking. And it's the same with a gift of prophecy. So, let's go for it. <laughs> if you get it wrong, and if you say it humbly, and you get it wrong, Mike Pilavachi says this, nobody dies. He's right. But listening to God's voice, it might well be the Lord Jesus speaking to you. Now, we're going to spend a bit of time just waiting on the Lord, but I'm just going to finish with this one thing that really, that really got me when I was, I was thinking about this. It's just a little, it's just a very, very quick story. Once there was a man who dared, to, dared God to speak. Burn the bush, God, like you did for Moses, and I will follow you. Collapse the walls like you did for Joshua, God, and I'll fight. Still the waves like you did on Galilee, God, and I will listen. And so the man sat by a bush near a wall close to the sea and waited for God to speak. And he waited. And God heard the man, and so God answered. He sent fire, not for a bush, but for the church. He broke down the walls, not of buildings, but of sin. He calmed the sea, not of the actual sea, but of the soul. And then God waited. He waited. And he waited. And the thing is, the man was looking at the bushes. He was looking at the buildings. He was looking at the sea. But he couldn't see any change. And you know what? He turns to God and he goes, God, have you lost your power? And God just says, have you lost your hearing? I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose hearing God. as damaged and as broken a person as I am. God still uses this vessel to speak to others. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and at www.coachhousechurch.org.